Welcome to Plex Weather. Uh, we've got a lot to get into. Uh, we're just after we're just coming after you just after the NWSL expansion draft. This was mostly recorded on uh, Friday, Friday evening. Uh, so we're like 24, 25 hours after the expansion draft. Um, we're going to get into not just the spirits losses in that, but the entire expansion draft. We're going to get the whole thing, uh, try and sort out exactly what uh, Rossing Louisville. That is how you pronounce it, as we talk about later in the show. It's Rossing, not racing. Maybe that's not how they think it should be pronounced, but that's how we think it should be pronounced. Um, and by we, I actually mean we this time. We, as in me and my guests, Susie Rance and Andre Carlisle. And the show is kind of long, not too long, but longish. So I'm, instead of more preamble, I'm going to stop right now. And with that, I'm bringing my guests in order of their arrival on uber conference uh suzy rance andre carlisle welcome to the show uh both first time guests because there aren't that many episodes of this show yet um in in the future we'll get to talk about actual soccer but today we're talking about the process of how one acquires soccer players in nwsl or like one of the processes that you have to go through we're speaking a day after the expansion draft we're also speaking on the first day of this trade window that has been opened, um, which uh, ended up not being, nothing really happened. Uh, I, I don't know. How do you guys feel about that? Uh, well, I don't want to steal what Andre just said before we hit record. <laughs> so maybe I'll let him go first. Well, I, w- I was going to let you you talk because it, it really depends on your outlook. Like for me, I was disappointed because I was prepared. I was like ready for it. And I think we'll get into it later, but I think I was more ready for it because I, I wasn't hurt too bad uh, by the by the expansion draft. So I was kind of looking for, you know, a little bit of drama, a little bit of chaos. Not that I missed it. I was super happy with how things went. But, you know, it's a trade deadline. You hear all these rumors and you're thinking, all right, it's 9 a.m. Let's go. What's going to happen? And it's uh, currently as we're recording, it's 8.30 p.m. and nothing has happened. So, oh, well. Yeah, I think um, Andre mentioned before we recorded a mix of disappointment and relief. And I think that summarizes it well. Yeah, for me, it's more relief, if only because the 9 a.m. aspect um, of it was going to be a real test. Because going back to uh, Wednesday into Thursday, um, we had major storms and my power went out during the night. And so I kept having my fire alarm batteries were beeping uh, to let me know that they were still there, I guess. Um, but they ke- it kept waking me up. Uh, and so I didn't get any sleep the night before. And then I didn't have time to, like, get a nap in or anything. So I, I got through the, the expansion draft and everything. And afterwards, I was like, all right, I'm so, so tired. But I'm going to go to bed. And then I had bad discipline and didn't actually go to bed until, like, 1230 um, and so the 9 a.m. aspect of it was going to be like, if I have to get up and like in the middle of breakfast, like ditch everything and immediately start trying to um, deal with trades, I don't want to deal with that first thing. I want an easy morning. Uh, it's Friday. Like, let's let's 2020 has been so full of norms that are being disrespected. Let's have some respect for like a slow start on a Friday rather than it being hectic. And so I was very worried that 9 a.m. was going to come and at 9.01, I was going to have like an email alert for like six trades Um, because we had this experience with the expansion draft where um, the lists were supposed to be like 
out oh, by five, like do do by one and out by five. And then at 1230, they just all came out at once. Um, <laughs> they, and, the way they did it was so funny. They just dropped a link and it was just a list of names for every yeah. team. And I was, everybody's just scrolling down one of them like, can y'all separate it? Can you please make our jobs a little bit easier? Like I was just scrolling through it like, oh, my God, this is so much. It was so hilarious to see the player rights, rights to players that have retired yes. like six, seven years ago, which made the list incredibly long. Yeah, there was no need to have those on there. Yeah, like like finding out that uh, theoretically uh, Louisville could have picked Abby Wambach from the rain. Um, because... <laughs> Never showed up in a rain jersey once, but... <laughs> right. You know, surprise, surprise. That's where her rights ended up, uh, if you had forgotten. And... Yes, you could select her playing rights if you want to talk her, I guess, out of retirement and also out of like her ownership stake with Angel City. Uh, <laughs> that would be an awkward problem. Um, that's the kind of brinksmanship that the league may be discouraged. Like, don't select a current owner of a team because we don't want them to have to rescind their their ownership to have to join your roster briefly and then like un- I don't know. Uh, probably there's probably an easier way to do that than the way I'm imagining, which is a extremely complicated scenario um but i guess that's kind of that's kind of the thing like andre knows from um our our site chat that i was preparing uh an article for the expansion draft list i i I was like i'm a couple hours early this is great uh i'm writing this up it's going to be like i I just fill some names in at the end and then as i'm in the middle of it the list came out i was like well i'm not early anymore i'm actually quite late now all of a sudden um which is, I guess, what I'm used to. Um, so I shouldn't complain. It's just a return to normalcy for me. Um, but this, uh, the expansion draft, uh, Louisville had their their little war room set up. They actually, I, I really like the podium they had uh, with the um, the barrel slats as the 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 wood. Uh, that was a nice touch. That's that's fine work from them. I was impressed from an aesthetic standpoint. <laughs> Super um, on brand. Yeah, which is like, you know, at this point, that's all we've got, or at least at that moment, that's all we had from them is like, okay, they've acquired three players, um, three good players, and they have this nice podium. That's pretty cool. Um, but uh, yeah, the the draft came, it kind of, it happened fast, and then it slowed down, and then it sped up again at the end, um, which was also kind of jarring because we were kind of given a a hint that there were timeouts like teams had timeouts the league had infinite timeouts at their discretion uh mercifully everyone decided not to call a timeout we did have like a delay that was not explained but also like why even bother calling it a timeout just uh just tell us uh or just not even tell us just have um marissa pilla and Lori Lindsay getting to catch up a little bit getting to t- talk about some of the players that are gone because there was a stretch there where it was like and oh, 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 there's another pick happening. Never mind. Uh, don't, don't worry about what we we're gonna say. Um, it was back funny up there. after after the draft, or yeah, after the draft, uh, somebody reminded me on Twitter that they had timeouts, and I was thinking like I completely <laughs> forgot because it just never like the format of it never lent itself to any possibility that anybody would take a timeout for any reason. So they did for commercial breaks, which I guess, thank you, uh, gave us the time to kind of, you know, tweet and react. But uh, I have no idea what the timeouts were supposed to be for. (laughs) We actually had a chance to catch up with Bill Predmore uh, after the draft yesterday. And he said that apparently 
he didn't go into detail, but there was going to be much more complicated rules around the expansion mm-hmm. draft, which is why they had those timeouts in the first place. But all the owners decided to abandon them. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm super um, interested now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, judging from how often NWSL sort of cribs from an old MLS uh, processes when it comes to this weird, uh, the bizarre side of drafts and other things like this, um, I am assuming that like they were going to incorporate timeouts so that teams could call and make like hurried trade offers uh, or something like that. And then they were like, this is this is going to last forever. Like we'll be here until like 11 p.m. Uh, still doing picks and having multiple teams call timeouts and that's not fun for anyone. Um, so I guess thanks to the, uh, the owners of the league for deciding let's not do that. Like we've got plenty of time between now and the next games where these trades can be settled later. Um, and obviously they took all of today because you know, this trade window opened up and nothing actually occurred. So um, yeah, we, we, we now have a little more of a sense of what uh, Louisville wants to do though. I don't know. I, I found myself overall confused with some of what they ended up doing. I, I actually thought I was going to have more of a picture of what they want to do. And now I've got a little less, um, <laughs> but I guess uh, we should start this being a spirit podcast. We'll start with how this related to the spirit and we have to actually start before the draft even happened. Um, if we go back to the uh, re-entry wire, which isn't a wire, uh, I've always had trouble with the fact that they call it the re-entry wire and it is not a wire in any kind of way. It's just a, it's a different list you get to pick from. Um, th- but the spirit basically opted to allow Shana Matthews to leave uh, as a waived player rather than going through any sort of uh, haggling over her playing rights or anything. Um, for, for reasons that she could be closer to family. Uh, she is a mom. She has another child on the way. Um, and she's, you know, put in a lot of time for the club. So it made a lot of sense, uh, that they allowed her to go. Um, and Louisville did the smart thing and said like, yes, we'll take this excellent player to to help our front line. Yes. That's a, that's a great idea. Um, but that did, uh, it, it didn't play into the draft in the way that Chicago's trade did where Chicago, they got out of the draft entirely. They they traded a lot to do it. And I think they kind of, I don't know. I, my reaction to this was that the price they set was so high uh, to trade out that everyone else was like, well, that's, I don't know if I want to trade out now um, because that's an awful lot to give up. Well, that was, that's kind of the thing where you said they, they opted out of the draft. Well, what they ended up also doing is opting everybody in. <laughs> Because nobody else could make that deal after they set the price tag so high. It was like, good lord! All right, I mean, it was it's 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 great business and really smart to do. I mean, they do lose two really good players, um, but you know, everybody else kind of had to had to bite their nails through the draft. Yeah, I mean, you saw. I just was blown away at the level of quality on every team's unprotected list. Like Louisville had some class players to choose from. So to be able to not have to put yourself in that situation, get out first so that nobody else can do it. It just makes a lot of sense. And you know, there's, there's the, the pure roster side of it. Like let's not, you know, expose some, some players that, you know, McCaskill, maybe when Chicago reassembles everyone next year, maybe they don't exactly know where they're going to put her. Um, Yuki Nagasato, 
excellent player, but is also in her 30s at this point. Maybe Chicago's like, oh, we have to move on. Um, at some point, we might as well do it now. Um, it's still a lot to give up, but at the same time, they don't have to maybe expose some other players that uh, are more central to their plans, not just 2021, but 2022, 2023. Um, they also threw in, what was it, a first-round pick and an international spot? I think yeah. that's everything. Yeah, it's a, it's a huge list of stuff yeah. to give away. Um, Chicago, with their 800 draft picks, uh, <laughs> is always prepared to, like, we it's have a draft pick. No that in. Um, so, that, I mean, that's why Rory Dames is doing what he's doing, is that he always has one in his back pocket where he's like, well, instead of taking a player, why don't you take this draft pick instead? And you are like, I didn't even know this this was going to be a thing. And it's like, well, this is a real draft. Okay, how did you get this one? Like, don't worry about it. We've got five more. Um <laughs> Anymore. But, uh, yeah, exactly. He's all there's always at least one extra Chicago draft pick in the first round. Uh it's just the inevitability uh of it's how the league works, I think. If if Chicago didn't have a first round pick, it would be too confusing. We'd all have to reconsider what we're even doing here. Um but yeah, uh the spirit, uh so they had Matthews depart beforehand, um, didn't get anything. The idea wasn't to haggle, it was to just let her go, let her get a better situation for herself. They've been trying to, you know, do the right thing for uh, players that are in a tough spot um, in various ways. So that was a nice gesture, Um, but it didn't, it didn't really impact the expansion draft other than maybe Louisville didn't have to look for someone who plays similarly to Matthews because they already had Matthews. Um, But when the spirit put out their, their protected list, as I click the wrong way in my spreadsheet and then I'm looking at the wrong information. Um, there were, I don't know. I, I thought there were a couple surprises in there in that um, I kind of thought maybe Maggie Doherty Howard would get protected. Um, I kind of thought Crystal Thomas might get protected, but in the end they were both in there. They were both our, out there to be selected. Um, and that's, I don't know. That's what I thought was going to happen. Um, one of those two or, Maybe Kumi Yokoyama, though, I think maybe the Chicago trade might have allowed the spirit to sort of look at that one and be like, okay, two players that are on the slower side and are also on that that sort of same broad playing style uh, similarity that maybe we can get away with leaving her unprotected. Um, that still scared me. Like, that was a oh, bit yeah, of, of a gamble. That scared me because I really liked how, how she grew this year, you know, and the, and the team, you know, and all the social media videos and stuff that she was she was really a favorite uh, on right. the team. And there, were, there was a lot of, you know, good camaraderie that you saw. And she integrated into the team well, scored an amazing goal, too. I love yeah. watching her goal. The, the cut across the ball was awesome. And so when I saw she wasn't protected, I was I was really concerned. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, I like your mindset, but I'm so risk averse. I don't know if I could have made that decision. It didn't bite them in the end, but I was terrified. Right. Yeah, the the in the end, uh, the surprise that it was a I think a pretty big surprise to see what Louisville, looking at the spirits list, um, did end up doing. They took uh, Katie Lund with the fifth pick, and then Katie McClure with the tenth pick. Um, and I, I don't know that the pick order actually matters that much because I was trying to figure this out beforehand. And I was like, it actually doesn't matter what order they pick players because like, it's just them. There's no, <laughs> no one can withdraw a player. No one can do, there's no reason to structure it. It's just, here are, are the 14 players we wrote down. Um, but these were not the players and it's not a, a slight on either of them, but these were not the players that I expected Louisville to take. Um, 
I thought Crystal Thomas was as good as gone. Um, and I, I, after that, I was a little less sure it would probably have depended on who else they wanted, but, um, I was not necessarily expecting, um, you know, Lund, for example, under Richie Burke's view appeared to be third choice as, as a goalkeeper. Um, and unfortunately we, we have no way to tell what she's actually capable of compared to NWSL players, because this is 2020, there was COVID. So no, no training, couldn't go see her train once. Um, didn't see her in any games. Uh, she was in uniform for games, but she did not play in them. Um, and I shouldn't say that there were closed door games that she did, uh, participate in to some degree, but we did not get to see them because they were closed door games. So that is, it's kind of a mystery, um, as to how good she actually is. I think though, my my first thought with that pick was just clearly Christy Holly has been watching college soccer for a couple of years now because he had to have seen her play at, at Arkansas. I think it's Arkansas. Um, I should yeah. actually know that before I go ahead and say it. Um, uh, but yeah, it, yes, she was at Arkansas. So um, he must have known something, uh, but it is a very interesting and surprising pick. It's not what I thought. It's also, it was a signal that the goalkeepers that everyone thought were going to get taken uh, from Portland <laughs> were maybe not going to be taken. I am so confused. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was i mean you have i mean even if you don't want to use you know the the um the the, the uh, allocated slot and take french you still have erkstrom who was amazing uh this summer and you also have bixby who was amazing until she was injured and i understand you might have hesitancy about the injury and if it was just bixby and french you could say okay fine but erkstrom was right there so I don't really understand how they come out of that without any of those and instead have Katie Lund, which I'm, you know, I, no, no knock on her at all, but we didn't see her much like you mentioned. And we don't, maybe she can play as well as Britt Arkestrom, but we have not seen it. And I don't think that Christy Holly could have seen it. <laughs> I'm not sure how much, you know, Arkansas tape he's watched. I do know she's six one. So, you know, you do think there's some good size there. She's mobile, athletic. You might be able to get a, a really nice keeper, developer into one. But that was surprising to me. And, and honestly, my only thought was, thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't want to be rude about losing a player. But I mean, this is this is the, this is part of the thing with the expansion draft is that I, there was a list in my head. And in my head, I was like, we're going to lose two of these players and I need to prepare myself for it. And 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 Katie Lund was not on that list. So that meant that one of those players that I thought was going to be gone was going to be safe. So that made me feel a little bit of relief. Yeah, I'm really surprised. I wouldn't have expected them to choose two goalkeepers in the expansion draft in general, too. Yeah. Um, that really surprised me. And I I don't also we haven't seen Devin Kerr play a lot, but she has professional experience. Mm-hmm. So I would have thought yep. like if you're choosing someone who could grow who's young that she would be your choice um so overall just 100 percent. i know we'll talk about the rain too which was mm-hmm. the other goalkeeper selected um but um i would have not seen that coming at all yeah i think this was one that like no one expected on this within the spirit outside of the spirit fans pretty much anyone this this was also like the first four picks go through and it's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I get it. I get it. And then this was the first surprise. 
Um, yeah, it was funny. I just pulled up the list because I was I was typing it along as I was following and is about to make that point. Like I'm looking at the list and you say, okay, ooh, they're building a nice squad. What? <laughs> <laughs> um, and and you know, in in speaking with people from the spirit, going back to because Lund was not uh I think she was undrafted and they signed her as a, a free agent. Um, this was someone that good presence in the locker room, like everyone kind of across the board is like, yeah, we really get along with her. She's a hard worker. She's talented. Clearly. I think the spirit were very happy with their three goalkeepers um, and thought they really had something to develop. But at the same time, you know, like Susie said, Devin Kerr has played in Europe as well as with Houston before. Um, Aubrey Bledsoe is Aubrey Bledsoe. She's not going anywhere. The spirit are building around her. Like she's a, a piece that they are going to work very hard to keep around for as long as they possibly can. Um, so maybe there weren't that many avenues for Lund to get anywhere with the spirit. Um, but that also means like in the, the nature of the expansion draft, that's not necessarily the player you go after. Um, so yeah, it was, it was a surprise to say the least. Um, Maybe maybe one of the, the biggest surprises uh, looking back at the list again. Um, and then, you know, after a few more picks, the Spirit lose Katie McClure. I think everyone knew the Spirit would lose two players um, because they didn't have um, an allocated player. So it meant that their list was always going to be two unless Louisville just was like, we're done, <laughs> um, which I feel like was unlikely for them to just say like, oh, we're, we're done. We're finished. Um, now, McClure, we did get to see. Uh, this year we did get to see um, both during the challenge cup and during the fall series more in the fall series um, and I thought she played pretty well coming in off you know playing that right forward for the most part she got one game as a center forward um, at the end of the fall series um, I think at the end God, everything feels I, I can't keep track of when things happened this year at all I just know a vague order but not like they're a big events. Like I know the challenge cup happened before the fall series, um, <laughs> but I don't know what order the games happened in. Um, but yeah, I, I think, um, and to speak, you know, to bring up again, what I gleaned from the spirit um, over the course of the year, uh, I think Alan draft day, they were really high on McClure. They thought she was going to be um, a player that could get into their rotation as a forward, maybe, towards the back half of the season, but they thought they had something. And very early in um, even preseason training, um, they were saying like, this is, we're impressed with how smart she is off the ball. We didn't expect maybe that level of uh, quality this quickly. Um, so that was kind of a pleasant surprise. And she stayed in the mix. It is kind of a tough, uh, the way the team assembled themselves to start the year was kind of a tough, uh, front three to get into because they had gone out of their way to get Yokoyama. They had drafted Ashley Sanchez, who they also gave up a ton to get. Um, Ashley Hatch was still here. So McClure kind of had not just those three, but also like the spirit just had a lot of forwards um, yeah. in general. So, um, you know, I, I think they thought quite highly of McClure, but also I think if you told Richie Burke, he had to lose a forward. Um, uh, out of his team, I think he would have preferred to lose her over some of the other players. I, I think he would also say, I don't want to lose anyone. I hate the expansion draft. Um, <laughs> but uh, if you told him he had to deal with it, I think he would have accepted this outcome just because of th the spirits still have a ton of forwards. They still are a very yeah. forward heavy 
uh, squad overall. So um, it's a player they could afford to lose, though it's also we're talking about a player that did show some flash and might have been in the rotation a little more next year. Yeah, I think that once you when you kind of look at it, you know, there are two ways to look at it. You know, you also you know you see a player that you that you see something you know, you see some sparks in, you see some some opportunity to develop and grow and you're excited about that. So, you know, this is obviously selection. It's still, as far as that goes, is frustrating and a little sad because you do look at it and you say, you know, she had some opportunities in a very weird year and it seemed like she she made most of them and she was coming along. Like you said, that spirit 11 is difficult to crack, especially the 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 attack. There's so, there's so many players there and a lot of them are nailed on. I mean, you're not you're not really going to get over a few of them. So seeing her be able to get you know some game time and and perform well was nice. But then you also look at it, you know, from this from the standpoint of like you mentioned, you you tell Richie Burke that you're getting you're going to lose Katie Lund and Katie McClure, and he says, "Where do I sign?" You know, like like oh, that we can handle, we can survive that. Um, and so, and, and still on my list of players, even though she played well, she was not on the list of players that I thought were was going to be selected. So for me, I, it was it was kind of an interesting experience because I came in, you know, I was I really thought Maggie was gone, uh, Maggie Doherty Howard. I really thought mm-hmm. she was going to be gone. Uh, I thought Natalie Jacobs was was probably going to be gone just because of her uh, versatility and playing defense. I think you also need a player like that, especially um, for an expansion team. You don't really know how. The players are going to gel together, and so it would be nice to have somebody, particularly in defense, who can who can do a couple different things. Um, and of course, like you mentioned, Crystal Thomas, and we talked about Kumi earlier. So, mm-hmm. like that was my list where I was terrified. Like two of those were going, and again, you know, Lund goes okay. You know, um, McClure goes not great, but you know, fine. <laughs> Ultimately, fine. Mm-hmm. You know, we will we'll be it was it was kind of a good experience. I am expecting to pay for that, though, in the next. <laughs> but I'm not we're not there yet. So right now no. I'm just going to smile and, and be happy. <laughs> yeah, I think McClure um, like makes sense when you look at what Louisville or what it seems like Louisville is trying to do, where they're really like a lot of their picks are younger players who maybe haven't gotten a lot of experience in the league, but show a lot of promise. If I were to Mm. summarize a little bit of what they tried to build with some of the picks yesterday. So she makes sense. um, But for the reasons you all outlined, like not the end of the world for the spirit. The other person I had on my list of like potential options was Jessie Scarpa. I thought she Mm. could be one too, that they might um, for similar reasons choose. Um, But I thought, for sure, Crystal Thomas, just the way she can change a game. And I I would have picked her, but I'm not an <laughs> owner or coach. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I even I like some of the tells before the draft, like Louisville mentioned wanting players that are hungry and hardworking and uh, blue collar. And it was like, OK, why don't you just say Crystal Thomas? <laughs> I know. Right? Get it over with. <laughs> that would be Crystal um, <laughs> so, yeah, I I think I, I mean, I would I would wager that in inside you know the spirit offices they were like oh we're probably going to lose her this is no good um how do we how do we like at this point you start thinking like well how do we replace her if she does go um what can we do in the expansion draft like is this a situation where we could make a trade to get her back um so uh i don't think this is what they were expecting at all um 
at the same time, it is, it's not great to lose anyone. So that, that part of it is pretty bad, but um, I think in the end, and I noticed that um, I think McClure already tweeted that she was ready to get started with Louisville. So, um, you know, hopefully for her, it's a better opportunity, uh, a path to more minutes more quickly. Um, And, and, you know, perhaps for Lund as well. Um, And I guess that's as good as a segue as I'm going to get to talk about um, Lund's competition, as Susie has already brought up, uh, is one of the two players that the rain uh, had selected. And Susie, as the the one person on this podcast right now that covers uh, OL rain, I think I will just uh, I'll let you get started. What, what were your thoughts on what happened for the rain yesterday? I will. I think I'll just say overall, like if you were to choose someone who's just like the best teammate the best person the best like individual who works their butts off um for a team environment it would be michelle beto so Mm -hmm. to lose her as an individual is just like heartbreaking for all rain fans um putting the like emotions aside of it um we did have a chance to talk again with bill predmore last night and it was as surprising to him as it was to everyone else that that Louisville didn't choose a Portland goalkeeper and but um I think I was reminded you know like other clubs don't get to know what other clubs are who they're protecting until the Mm -hmm. list comes out and the fact that Kristen Press got left off and unprotected really opened the doors for Betos to get selected and that was just something that the that the rain weren't predicting so they really thought Portland is going to lose a goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and then suddenly, Press and Heath are both available, and folks know they're kind of a package deal. Um, so to have that on the table was just, I guess, so much more enticing for Louisville. Um, so, you know, it's so hard to build unprotected and protected lists, but the rain really were banking on the fact that there were so many good goalkeepers out there and they weren't going to lose Betos. Mm-hmm. Um, so now the rain have no goalkeepers. <laughs> but... <laughs> But they did. They knew that they needed a plan. Um, not that Betos couldn't be a starting quality goalkeeper, but losing Casey Murphy, they were already kind of in the works to bring in a um, someone who could compete with Betos. So I think in the long run, Rain fans aren't going to be um, disappointed with the quality, but really disappointed to lose a player like Betos. And and the all time uh, goal scoring leader among goalkeepers in the league. <laughs> yeah. Uh, an important important data point that I'm sure influenced Louisville's decision making. Uh, Obviously, sure. <laughs> um, goals yeah. from the back to the front. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah that that one that one took me by surprise as well. That's one of the other big surprises, I think. Um, and the fact that it kind of came after they picked their Australians and before Heath and Press were announced, but but had been reported by Meg Linehan already. Um, so we kind of knew it was coming. And then in the middle of all that, there's also like, oh, and we're also going to take uh, Michelle Betos. I was like, wait a minute. Um, what, what's uh, what's going on there? Um, and then, the, you know, the other the other player uh, selected is Julia Ashley, who uh, very promising, but didn't play this year uh, for the rain, at least. Yeah, um, I think just in, in like she was really highly drafted um, did well in Australia when she played there. Um, I think the rain were really betting on her to be a long-term um, starting center back, but she was just 
you know, there were other players that she was behind, I think, on the roster for the rain. And the fact that they haven't seen her play in a game yet because she mm-hmm. had a really long-term back injury um, made it a little – that one felt like, okay, when you look at who else the rain could have lost. I think they expect her to have a really good career. So in that aspect, are sad to see her go. But it sounds like that was one that the rain knew was Louisville was super interested in. They knew week, like a week or two ago. So mm-hmm. – um, we're kind of um, betting on the fact that she was going to get selected. So they have to work on their um, information security. Yeah. <laughs> they, can't, they can't give things away like that. Right. So I have a question for you, for you, Susie, because I think, I think uh, uh, Jason and I were on the same page as far as what we thought, who we thought were going to be selected from the rain. And uh, we were both wrong. <laughs> I know I said <laughs> in our Slack chat that I would take mm-hmm. my fullbacks uh, from the rain. So it could have been Madison Hammond, uh, Celia Delgado, or even Taylor Smith. Uh, I think I'd had uh, Hammond and I was kind of weighing up Smith Delgado. And I think uh, Jason had Hammond and Delgado. So yeah. what, what do you, are you, I'm sure you're pleased to have both of them, but if you would have lost both of them, um, what, what do you think would have, that would have felt like that would have looked like, I suppose that's a terrible <laughs> question, but you know, go with it. <laughs> I was expecting of them to lose a fullback too because I just think in this league in general it's not that's like one of the harder positions to fill um is outside back and um yeah they had quite a long list I did not expect Hammond only because she only featured in the fall series and I thought maybe that wasn't enough for them to get a a big enough picture at least that's what I hoped um (laughs) I thought Taylor Smith or Smith or Thalia if I'm gonna try to say it correctly Mm -hmm. um (laughs) um I I thought one of them would get selected I think that um international spot might have been the reason why Thalia didn't um but I I thought we were going to lose an outside back so I was with you yeah I I you know like Andrea said we talked about this beforehand and our guesses were pretty much dead on uh exactly the same and um yeah, I, I I know just to spoil this, like we talked right before the draft and I mentioned the idea of of uh of making those exact selections. And Susie, I know you were not not particularly happy even hearing about the prospect <laughs> of these things happening. Um the names came up a lot in people's mock drafts too. Yeah. So you weren't alone. <laughs> yeah, and you know, I I think, you know, it's not like uh it's not like uh, some sort of incredible galaxy brain. It takes it just like there aren't that many great defenders in the league. It's always a shortage. That's why you always see teams picking forwards and trying to turn them into fullbacks or something like that. Um, And then when you see, you know, you think of the fall series and the rain had pretty good uh, fullback play. And it's like, well, you know, let's, let's not overthink this one. Um, If it's me, I'm not overthinking it for sure. I mean, I'm looking at, the players that I tried to do like a quick, like take the protected or unprotected list and then just separate out the players that I might consider picking and then sort of try to, I, I overthought the whole thing, especially since I was not going to be allowed to pick anyone. Uh, I don't own an NWSL team. I don't get to engage in any expansion drafts yet, yet uh, one of these days. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the players that I pulled off of OL Reigns list specifically, we've already talked. Um, about three of them. Um, I also pulled off, uh, I had Ashley on my list as well. I had Morgan Andrews, um, Jasmine Spencer, and I, I 
I pulled Megan Rapino off just as a like if you're going nuts and you're trying to like force the rain to trade back because uh, unfortunately in MLS expansion drafts, this has happened a couple times where people take like a club legend and trade them and then their fan base gets mad and they are like, oh, we have to make a trade to get the player back. Um, and so you, you run that risk. And so I was just like, well, let's just in case it gets to that point. And, and I don't think I took it any further than that, but um, I did expect um oh rain to lose i i felt like pretty much like maybe andrews but probably two defenders um or or maybe jasmine spencer um which is another player i'm susie i'm sure you would not have enjoyed seeing leave um for for me i i've i've tried to keep track of uh spencer due to her uh maryland terrapin roots um but uh there, there's a weird thread of that like uh Maryland players going to the Seattle sports teams and playing well, be it uh, basketball or NWSL, apparently. Um, but yeah, the, it was, I don't know. I, I, I think the rain are another team where I'm not 100% sure what the analysis was though. Again, um, I think the pick of Ashley at least is a strong indicator that Christy Holly did a lot more college soccer watching than maybe people talked about before this draft. Um, and he did, he did do his um, national team scouting work. So maybe that came up in that. Maybe this is just something that he's been doing for a while to prepare. Um, maybe this is how he got the job um, with Louisville is when they were interviewing candidates, he's like, I have been watching college soccer nonstop for two years now. So uh, you should take that into consideration, um, which is a big deal. Um, if you're not paying attention to college soccer, you're probably not doing your job you know, as a coach in this league. Um, but I, I thought that was an interesting facet with um, both of our team's picks uh, or, yeah. or players picked it, uh, away from our teams is that uh, this, the college soccer aspect of this came up maybe more than had crossed my mind at least. Yeah, that's um, a good point. But, I think uh, the other thing I was just thinking about with the rain, uh, to be honest, like my list changed every day on who I thought the rain were going <laughs> to lose. They just mm -hmm. had a lot of like contributors that could contribute to a team on that list. Like nothing that stood out, but you think of like Danny Weatherholt to have that kind of versatile mm -hmm. player in the midfield, Rosie White, a lot of punch, but she's an international spot. So like there were so many options to choose from, yeah. but not like one obvious one aside from the outside backs. Um, mm -hmm. So I didn't know what was going to happen. The list was so long. Um, it was very well. long. Um, because the rain at one point had like 38 players or something like that uh, due to uh, 2019's nonstop injury <laughs> crisis. Or 20, was it 2018 or 2019? 2018. Yeah, 2018. Well, where no, it was just 2019. When yeah, was that? Yeah, 2019. Yeah. What well, year are we in? No. I, <laughs> Seven time, years ago was, back in 2019, you know. Yeah, this is not a podcast where time applies anymore. <laughs> we're, we're beyond time. Um but yeah, the list was incredibly long. Like I was trying to just like have it in one window. So like a type on the <laughs> other side and every other team, it fit very easily in my window and the rain list went beyond the bottom of the screen. I was like, I knew it was going to be long. I did not expect it to be like a, have a physical statement to just how many players were out there that uh, could have ended up uh, being picked. Um, but since we're getting into like the weirdness of 2020 um, and some teams that had odd picks, I think we have to talk about sky blue, not just from who was picked from sky blue, which uh, 
I think the picks actually were like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but those players maybe shouldn't have even been available uh, to, to be selected. Um, I I don't know. What, what, did, what did you guys think of just the the strange and unexpected choices that sky blue made in terms of who they left out and who they, who they decided to keep in. Yeah, this, this is, this is the one for me that I just completely, I I think I will live whatever, however long the rest of my life is going to be. I will live that length of time, never understanding why Jennifer Cujo was not protected. Um, it is confusing to me. Uh, it seemed like both in the Challenge Cup and the Fall Series, she was pretty central to what they were doing. Um, I do know that she, because of some weird, was it yellow card accumulation uh, in the Fall Series, she did end up missing a game. So they did play without her and played fairly well. But mm-hmm. I don't think that on the strength of that, you can say, oh, we don't really need her. You know what I mean? So I, I don't really understand that. And I won't. I've just like resigned myself to the fact that I'll never understand that. Um, I'm a curious person, so I like to know. So I had to give myself an answer, and the answer is that I won't know. Uh, <laughs> so that was very, very strange. But it made it a very easy pick, uh, obviously. For for I'm still calling them Rossing. They they can't make me yes. say racing. It's Rossing Global. <laughs> That's what their name that. is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that that is a hill I will die on. Um, but yeah, I just I, I really don't understand what what the thought process was there. I, I was listening to. Uh, Meg Linehan's podcast full time uh, earlier today, and uh, she was discussing with Steph Young that there's a possibility of like a handshake deal, or not the possibility. This is all speculation because she yeah. didn't actually know. She was just saying like it it would read as something like that to me because it was such a peculiar peculiar <laughs> that word killed me peculiar <laughs> uh, decision. And uh, but but even even when they were trying to kind of formulate scenarios. It, they were getting into some weird territory, which was just kind of like, why you instead of doing that, you could have just protected her and then, you know, worked out something else. You know, I, I don't really understand. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm disappointed because I, I love Jennifer Cujo. I think she's a great player, but more so I, I also love her story um, mm. of just getting into the league and then getting into the league and playing as well as she had. Like, I, I'm just, you know, I hope that she is. I hope she's all right with this move. I, I I hope that she understands that it's not a reflection of her talent level. I hope that she goes to Rossing Louisville and kills it, um, mm-hmm. which I believe she will because she's super good. So, you know, there there's like I think about the player and the player's mentality and all she did to get there. You know, there are setbacks in all like professional athlete careers. I just hope that she's embracing this one because none of us, <laughs> I think she, she could take solace in the fact that none of us understand what Sky Blue is doing. Uh, and, and that means that we, we, we all value her and think that they are a little bit bonkers for, for letting this happen. But I mean, there's also stuff I don't know. So, you know, as this plays out and as they get closer to kicking off their season in 2021, maybe it all makes sense. But like I said, I'm prepared to go to wherever my deathbed will be. I'm <laughs> questioning this decision. <laughs> Yeah, I would echo that. I think that um, the two names that surprised me in terms of the protected list were Amanda McGlynn, who I've mm. never seen play and was a she's a goalkeeper, right? Yeah. yeah. Because <laughs> um, I had to look when it came on the list. I was like, wait, what? Uh, so two goalkeepers. And um, while I absolutely adore Naho, I was actually surprised to see her protected just because I wouldn't have seen her as someone that um, 
Louisville would would have taken um, and mm. trying to build teams for the future. Um, that name surprised me too. And which means there's two names that are on the unprotected list that um, I was Kuja. We've already talked about. Um, I thought, I think Flores is a pretty um, promising outside back as well, but just mm-hmm. the number of sheer defenders that were left unprotected on sky blues list was, I think ultimately what surprised me too. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I remember when I was doing my mock drafts, I was looking at that. I was like, Sabrina Flores, Gina Lewandowski, uh, Mandy Freeman. Uh, you had so many. And obviously the other one they took, Kaylee Real. There, there, I was like, what the hell? It's confusing. <laughs> yeah, it, was, it was essentially every defender they had. Um, <laughs> yeah, was, Estelle Johnson was not Was available. Um, Depends uh, on how that, you define Midge Purse. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And and it appears that that's finally drifting towards a settled issue um, for Freya Coombe that um, Purse is going to be up front. So once that's settled, it is it's just uh, I mean, I know Sky Blue's defending at times was not ideal this year. But at the same time, I thought some of that was just you have so many new players. You have an unfamiliar midfield. You have a coach that's only worked with them for a small amount of time. I figured some of it was just that. Um so kind of a big indicator that as a team that they believe that, or they believe that they have to rebuild their defense um, in, to some degree. Um, but yeah, once I, once I started pulling sky blue players off to the side, I was like, yeah, Jennifer Cujo, Kaylee real. That makes a lot of sense. Um, Johnson and Didasco were, were also players I moved over who, um, you know, Johnson, I think turned 32 this year. Um, so maybe for an expansion draft, that might've been a, something to put them off, but, um, I don't think she gave anyone a reason to not select her. Um, Caprice Idasco right now is injured. So maybe they were a little worried about that, but you know, how many really good fullbacks that play, um, I, I get the sense that they kind of want to be a possession team more than a like transition kind of team. Um, Didasco, when she was with the spirit was notorious for having like, 35 or 40 more touches than anyone else on the team. Um, and it's just the way they played was they were going to have her build out of the back. Um, so yeah, I was not expecting the list that they put out. Um, like Susie mentioned, um, Naho, Naho's 35. Um, Naho is awesome, but she is 35 and it is tough to um, make that selection. I think that's one you can risk leaving unprotected and just say, you know, well, We'll uh we'll go for it, and if if they do pick her, that's not good. But also, I don't think they're going to. Um, but yeah, I was I think everyone was surprised by Sky Blue's list, and now they lost probably their best young defender. Uh, Kaylee Real, I think, was most likely going to end up fighting for a starting spot next year. Um, and they also lose Cujo, who they was kind of like a crucial cog in how they want to play, not just a starting midfielder, but like the style that they wanted to play. Um, Now either they have to find someone that plays very similarly, which is not going to be that easy, or they have to uh, reconsider their whole approach. So that one, I mean, great for Louisville. Um, Those are players that might be starters in their first game um, on opening day for them, but uh, really puzzling for Sky Blue. I'm, I'm sure at some point we will hear some kind of, explanation i'm less sure that it will actually explain it might (laughs) be more of a we know we have to say something um but we'd rather not get into what exactly was going on because there are things that 
are unsaid with this. There are guaranteed contracts that haven't been publicly reported. And so they might've been like, well, we don't want to let everyone know we have that. So we're not going to say anything about it, even though it would explain something. Um, there could also be these handshake deals. I, I got real galaxy brain uh, a couple hours ago and trying to think that maybe the spirit picks had to do with a, like, um, and this is pure speculation for me. I was uh, fighting with car parts at the time, trying not to think about the car parts. Um, but the thought that occurred to me was like, well, maybe the spirit said we won't be difficult to deal with over Matthews. If you allow us to like protect in scare <laughs> quotes, a few more players and they said, okay, fine. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't even really think that's likely. It's just like, how do you explain some of this stuff? Uh, and you get into some pretty weird uh, territory pretty quickly. Yeah, um, I mean, you almost have to galaxy brain it with some of these things. Like you almost right. have to think like there's information that we don't have. Uh, mm-hmm. So like, what is it that made this possible? Like, what is it that caused this? And so like, I am super interested, obviously, you know, to see, who actually ends up, you know, on the pitch, you know, standing there and they're starting 11 when it's time for kickoff uh, for them to debut in the NWSL. I'm, I'm interested mm-hmm. in that. Obviously, we won't see it for a while. But I mean, we've got trades. We, we are at some point going to have a college draft. You know, there are still <laughs> there's still going to be plenty of opportunity to change things around and to shuffle players around. So there's a possibility. I just I'm I'm I as I speak right now with all the information that I have, it is confusing. And I also think that like for, for us to like, um, you know, me, Jason and I who cover the spirit, we saw a lot of Jennifer Cujo this summer, you know, the, mm-hmm. the spirit and sky blue had some, had some battles and um, it was never fun. Uh, <laughs> you know, we want to, we had kind of that rotating midfield thing and we want to play possession games and, and you can't get around her. You can't, mm-hmm. you know, you can't really play uh, the game you want because she's everywhere. And so that's, that was one of those things where it was just like, yeah, we completely understand her quality just because we have been on the other side of her uh, <laughs> plenty of times and it has been frustrating. So, yeah, I, I guess I'm full on galaxy braining everything, too, to try to make it make sense. Uh, but I guess I just, just have what we, we I guess we just have to have one of the traits that I'm terrible at, which is patience. <laughs> uh moving moving to the rest of the teams we, we i guess we'll we'll start with something we already talked about which is the final two picks um <laughs> the choice to take tobin heath from portland and Kristen press from utah which meant that's all they could take from those two teams um i think with utah um i kind of was landing in that same spot uh that same decision uh in that i thought utah's list of unprotected players there are some players I do rate on there, but I also feel like you could get them in a different, you know, through different methods, through trades later. Um, whereas this was like a kind of a a one-time shot where it's just Louisville getting to take Kristen Press. Uh, you don't have other, you have other teams in the background saying like, oh, we want to get in on this trade, but you know, that's, you can kind of let them wait and say like, well, now you have to go through us. Um, I I'm not only the impression that she's going to play for Louisville. Um, I think that is going to be a tough sell uh, from them. Uh, I'm sure they're going to try and make that sell because why wouldn't you? Um, but uh, the Heath, the Heath choice is I think the big one because Portland had, I mean, when I mentioned that I pulled all these players that I wanted to have like a short list uh, 
Portland had like one third of the players. Uh, their unprotected list was just full of talented players. And it wasn't just the goalkeepers. Um, you know, Gabby Seiler was available. Um, they could have taken Becky Sauerbrunn. I don't think that would have gone over very well, but they could have done that. I will amend that and say they could not have taken Becky Sauerbrunn. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they had, you know, Tyler Lucy was on there. Angela Salem, um, the goal, the goalkeepers, I think we, we mentioned Kristen Westfall was available. If you, if you're looking for another defender that can play all of the defensive positions, um, so yeah, the the Portland choice I think is the one where I'm like, what a, are you sure? Are, are you sure about this? Because um, I don't, I, I feel like Gabby Seiler is going to be a starter in the NWSL for like the rest of her NWSL career. Yeah, I mean, as someone who covers the Rain and Portland being the Rain's biggest rival, I'm kind of annoyed because Portland <laughs> didn't lose much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like, because Keith wasn't going to play there this year. I mean, like, they really lost nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's frustrating. Yeah, they, they lost the rights to Heath, uh, which who knows what that's going to amount to. Um, you know, it might be a good idea. Like if, if someone offered you the opportunity to work in Europe and make more money for the next like year, year and a half, I, I feel like I would want to take that right now. Um, I feel like that would be a popular option uh, compared to living living through the rest of however long it's going to take America to sort themselves out Uh with with covid and with everything else um so yeah the i don't know i i i feel like the portland list was like yeah take two players because these are players that you can build around as starters for a long time um and the funny thing was i i'm trying to remember i think this might have also been something that um was either on the broadcast or or on um the podcast that uh meg linehan did that andre mentioned um, the fact that they were very close to taking AD French and then at the last minute switched over to Tobin Heath. So they were still going to go the allocated player route. They were going to, and also the money that they were leaving on the table on top of that, um, the, the $75,000 per allocated player, um, that they left on the table. That's if you don't take those players, that's 50% of your allocation money for the year. That's huge. Yeah. Um, so that's, I mean, if nothing else, a massive risk. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the rain actually were going in assuming that French was going to be the goalkeeper selected, um, mm. which is, again, why they left Beto's unprotected. So that that was their assumption, too. I think there was some strong indications that was going to be their choice. Another another thing that they got uh, wind of ahead of time to some apparently yeah Um, i know yeah sometimes we get information and sometimes we don't so (laughs) yeah i i this just this is another one of those confusing things for me even though like i can i can see it as as a risk taker if you're a risk taker i suppose (laughs) you try it um at the very least you try to you know hold on to them because you know there's going to be another expansion draft next year. You you don't it it's kind of brutal for for a brand new club to have to go through an expansion draft. Uh so this is possibly a way where they can work out some sort of Chicago type deal, some sort of Red mm. Stars type deal and say, you know, leave our core alone, our core players alone and here are these two players that you probably want and uh Press and Heath uh and I think that would be a big splash, but there you're also looking at 
the fact that they both seem pretty comfortable at Manchester United right now. Um, They seem to be playing quite well. Tobin is playing a lot and she's playing very well. Um, Press hasn't gotten in on the, on a, she scored goals, but she hasn't quite looked like herself yet, but she's playing very well. I think her, the last match I watched her play, I can't remember who the opponent was. I think it was Spurs perhaps. Mm. I don't remember, but she was awesome. <laughs> she was, she was really, really in, in rare form, uh, that we, in well, I won't say rare form because we've seen her in great form, uh, with the women's national team before the break. And she's, she was back to doing a lot of that kind of stuff, even though she didn't score a goal. So I, I think that you try to do that, but it is such a huge risk, I think, for Louisville because you don't really have nobody, none of us, nobody's expecting to see Press and Heath suit up for Louisville next year or the year after. They're going to be 32, 33, I believe, next year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're kind of hoping that you that that's still enough trade bait to, to offer uh, Angel City at some point. It just... It just seems it seems like a lot to me. It seems like a really huge risk, especially when you could pluck two players from Portland's list and have two really quality players, at least a really good goalkeeper, <laughs> whether it's an allocated player or not. You know, you still have Eckerstrom and Bixby there. So there was still a lot they could do to add to their team. So this to me is like some some real like four dimensional chess that could really end up kind of blowing up in their face because if Angel City's just like and now nah, we 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 we'd rather you know go through the expansion draft. We'd rather kind of build our own team, or maybe they try to pitch Macario. Who knows if she's gonna hold on to another year of eligibility? Mm-hmm. Maybe she'll be ready next year, and she can stay in uh, California and go to Angel City. Maybe they say she's the piece that we want. She's young. Uh, it'll be a long term thing where we can build around her. I I just think you're 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 hoping. You're really, really hoping if you're rossing Louisville that you can you can do some shopping, and I just don't know. And it's it's kind of a similar note with another major roll. This is the thing that got me is that they rolled the dice twice. I feel like you should roll it once in expansion draft, but maybe not twice. Um, and what I'm getting at is the fact that with Orlando, uh, they selected Alana Kennedy and Caitlin Ford. Um, and Jeff Kasuf has already reported today that, um, Christy Holly straight up said like, we've been in touch with Caitlin Ford. She's happy at Arsenal right now. We don't want to bother her about that. We're not going to pester her about coming here right away. Uh, we would love to have her if she does want to come back. Um, but it kind of ignores the trend with Aussie players the last few years or not the last few years, but the last year plus, um, of the schedule in NWSL is not one that they are particularly fond of. Um, I think they like playing here, but I don't think they like the schedule. Um, And the schedule in England is it's more stretched out. So you have more time on the training ground. Um, The season itself is longer. There's less travel. Um, And so all of these things factor in. I think these Australian players are not about to just all of a sudden as a group decide, let's all go back to NWSL uh, soon. Um, And this is a big gamble on exactly that happening uh, because, uh, you know, Orlando didn't have, because Orlando has had so many struggles, it's not like they had a ton of like superstar players uh, available unprotected. Um, You know, Harris and Krieger were out there, but more players that are in their thirties that are probably close to retirement more than they are continuing to play. Now, you know, now that I've said that maybe Ashlyn Harris will play until 
she's 45 and just to show me. And I would be at that point, I would consider myself shown. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I feel like no one was really suspecting that they were going to get picked. Um, and so at that point, it's like, well, who else are you going to take? I don't know. Um, I don't know. What, what would you have done with Orlando? Would you have rolled the dice on the Aussies knowing perhaps that this next risk was coming up uh, just later on your list? Yeah. I mean, when I first saw those, I was like, oh, well, they must know something that I don't about their interest in coming back. And it sounds like, okay, no, maybe, maybe this isn't an, like, they don't expect them to play that next year. Um, one of the names that I thought was pretty intriguing on for Orlando was Carson Pickett, again, going on mm-hmm. outside backs being available. Um, but I don't know. I mean, Caitlin Ford played with Holly at Sky Blue. And um, so, I assume they had a good relationship. Um, so there's at least that connection that makes it a little more likely if they did. Um, and maybe she wants more playing time and isn't getting it enough at Arsenal. I I don't know. I was shocked um, to for these two as well, for the reasons you already laid out. Yeah. Um, I, I haven't, having watched the WSL for a while. Uh, Fjord ain't coming back. <laughs> she's 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 playing really well they they like her she she fulfills a role there that they really need uh that team is exciting uh she's she's getting you know some some good playing time she's in a good system for her um I would be surprised if she came back Kennedy I think is more likely to come back um mm-hmm. Spurs are not a great team um there's really no reason no connection I would say uh to stay there other than like Jason laid out if they just like the WSL calendar better uh, than the NWSL calendar, that's a possibility. Uh, but I could see Kennedy coming back, and that would really—I mean—that would be helpful for them. I think it would be good for their uh, defense, for their back line. But I—I I still think it is a risk, and especially—I mean, the 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 one you would probably want, especially to sell to fans, is Fjord. And I just don't think that that's ever going to happen. So on on my list, uh, on my mock draft, I had same—I had Carson Pickett and uh, Kanya Plummer. I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that those two players would be interesting uh, to put on a team like uh, Rossing Louisville and see what they could do. They did not. So, <laughs> again, more, 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 more galaxy brain weirdness that you have to do to figure this one out. I, I know that Meg said or reported that uh, that they talked to all of the players beforehand mm-hmm. and let them know that they're going to be selected. And I just really like moves like this makes me question whether whoever said that. <laughs> knew that for a fact right because i i don't know if you get the reaction that i would expect you would get from, from fjord uh that you would go ahead and select her anyway uh because like jason said that's that's rolling the dice twice and you're gonna have to get quite lucky to make something of all four of those selections uh like i mentioned i think kennedy will come back but that's three players that you took in an expansion draft that will probably never play for you and mm-hmm there's also the possibility that you don't get anything from from at least from a couple of them, honestly. So yeah. Head scratcher. Yeah. It's so weird because you look at the draft, the way it was going and it was, it was going very well. (laughs) Yeah. It seemed to be going very much like, yeah, that's not a surprise. And not a surprise. And even, you know, like we said, the the Katie Lund pick was a surprise, but then it kind of got back as like, okay, Kennedy, I I see the idea, Uh, you know, Lauren Malay, Kaylee Real, okay. And yep. then Ford, it was like, oh, that's that's a big old risk. 
yeah. you're getting getting a little weird, but you know, maybe the rest of the picks are going to be straightforward. And then again, you know, we kept going back and forth. It was kind of all over the place. Um, and one thing that those choices uh, end up, you know, end up doing for um, uh, Rossing is that they now only have, they only got 14 players out of this. Right. Um, yeah. You know, by taking the allocated players, they, they don't get 16. And then by the deal with Chicago, they did get two from them, but then they didn't get two in the expansion draft. So they could have expanded this thing. out. Yeah, they wouldn't have gotten to, um, you know, the Chicago thing, they get two either way, but um, they did shorten their roster a little bit. So now they have a bigger group to fill from the draft and from however else they're going to go about their business. Um, but I guess before we get too far into that, let's let's settle up with these last two teams that we haven't talked about. Um, the Courage and the Dash. Uh, the Courage lost Addison Merrick and Lauren Malay. And I don't think anyone was particularly shocked by those choices. Those are like, yeah, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, those are the two that I thought would get picked. I had a bit of a sleeper in there and Allie Watt just because mm-hmm. she looked so good mm-hmm. early on. And I was thinking if you want some exciting young attacker, you might do it. But could, do I see, you know, the, why you would take Addison Merrick and Laura Malay over her? Uh, absolutely. Um, I was just kind of like, that would be a really sneaky, interesting thing to do. Uh, because I, I think a lot of people saw, uh, well, I mean, we saw a whole lot of her her talent in the short time that she had in the challenge cup. So that was the only one where I was like, mm, possibility. I'm, I'm, I could be, I could very much be tempted by that, but I, I think I put on Twitter, a Malay Cujo midfield is nasty. And I, I'm excited to watch that. I hope we get to see it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's going to be a strong suit for them for sure. And um, I, you know, I, in my own mock draft that I didn't, publish anywhere because i waited till like the night before to do it and it was just too late to get into anything like that it was like i'm gonna do this for myself um i ended up taking watt in part because i had taken defenders from elsewhere Mm. um and so uh you know the the idea of going for merrick was appealing but it was also like well i've already picked a bunch of defenders and i don't have very many forwards um and ali watt is you know coming out of college was like this is going to be a starter in the league um and the fact that she ended up at North Carolina was also one of those like, well, that's not even fair. Like they've already got <laughs> too many forwards. They've already got Kristen Edmund or um, uh, Kristen Hamilton not coming in uh, or coming in off the bench when everyone's yeah. healthy. That's not that's not fair at all. Um, and now they're going to add Ali Watt to that as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that one, I guess, once they decided to take their forwards from elsewhere, maybe became, you know, it sort of shifted the balance. So they said, OK, let's make sure we're getting Merrick. Um who played right back for North Carolina, but was a center back in college. So maybe there's that, you know, we've got some versatility there as well. We don't have to say she has to play this one role. Um, But yeah, those are pretty straightforward picks. And I I think the dash uh, picks, one of them was, I think on everyone's list of a dash player to pick a CC Kaiser. Um, I thought that was kind of a slam dunk. I thought, I think everyone, or at least everyone I read, I know, um, the folks that cover Houston were like, yeah, that's, you know, CC's probably gone. Um, I was not expecting Aaron Simon to be the second player. Um, that to me was another one where I was like, Ali Prysock is right there. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, have you guys had any inkling as to why they would have chosen Simon instead? No, 
<laughs> Short and sweet, yes. Yeah, uh, correct. Uh, no, not really. Uh, I I don't know. <laughs> that was another little bit of a head. Not not huge, you know. I, I it's just that looking at the players available. Um, mm. you think that you know you could you could make a a more uh, a, a a more solid decision, I suppose. But um, yeah, I don't have much of an explanation for that. I think Susie said it well. Just no, I've got nothing for you there. I guess I will add. Um, mm. I thought she was um, she was at West Ham right before she came to Houston, mm. and I kind of I just remember I thought she had a good couple of seasons there before she came to Houston and so like if you're looking at that experience in the WSL um I think it makes a little bit more sense um with that said like we just didn't see her this year and um Allie Prysock I thought every time she came in was super solid so um she was just to me the much more obvious pick yeah I that was one of that was one of the ones that I did not spend a lot of time thinking too hard about I was like all right you know, that's, that's, if you're going team by team, you're taking Prysock, um, even before Kaiser, um, who's a, a, a pretty good player that can play a couple of different spots. But, um, as, as I said before, as has keep, has kept coming up, they're just the opportunity to get starting caliber defenders in the league is something that every single team is running into, um, just about, um, you know, the, the spirit had, uh, coming into last year, um, the mystery was like, how do you even assemble a defense? And they managed to do it in pretty impressive fashion. But it's also one of those things where it required a player who wasn't playing uh, as a defender at all, becoming a defender, actually two players that weren't playing as a defender coming, um, becoming defenders and doing well. And then two rookies immediately doing well. Um, that doesn't happen a lot. Uh, if, you, if you're, if you're building a roster, you don't necessarily be like, all right, we're going to draft two players. And I'm going to have this player that I signed from abroad. I'm going to have her change her position and then I'm going to have a veteran change their position. And that's going to be a solid back four that I can rely on 24 games a year. Uh, that's not a way to do things. It's just sort of, you know, if you're kind of uh, running down the street in a panic and you happen to assemble this thing, it's like, this is awesome. Um, I can't believe this happened, but uh, you know, that's not a viable path that you want to keep replicating over and over again. Um, See, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't get my head around. Like the Kaiser pick is like, yeah, that's of course, uh, that's exactly what I would have done too. Um, it's no knock on Aaron Simon. I just feel like for the positions that she plays, there are there were better players out there on some of the other teams that we've we've talked about. Some of those other teams that they could have gone that route and then also gotten Ali Prysock. So, um, a little confused by, by that one. That one's kind of the, that's the one team where it's like one pick, I get it completely. And the other pick, I don't understand this at all. Um, but yeah, I, I think overall, that's kind of where I'm also landing with the whole draft. I think there's talent with Louisville, but I'm also like, I don't know. I, I, I can't quite piece together what it's supposed to be as a, as a unit. Um, there's 17 players and, and there's talent, but I don't know how they're supposed to fit together. Like, what is the image of this team? What do you, what do you imagine Louisville is going to play like based on what they've got right now? Yeah. I think one of the things that scares me about them, uh, at least, you know, you know, or in mid November <laughs> with, yeah. with a lot of things still to happen, I suppose, or maybe, maybe not, um, is their defense is really young. Um, mm-hmm. and, and they're not going to have a whole lot of time to play together. 
um, some of the defenders didn't have a lot of time to play in the NWSL at all. Um, so I, I think Aaron Simon's the oldest uh, selected and she turned 26 in August. So like you're going to have a really young defense trying to learn how to play together um, within a couple months before you debut and take on the rest of the NWSL. And so I'm a little concerned about that, especially like you said, there were really good options to go for um, options that have that have played. They, they still may have been young, but they have NWSL experience. They looked good over the summer. Um, we saw them play. And there's also some some really good goalkeepers that they completely ignored uh, as well. So um, I don't know. I, I think there was a there was there was definitely a path in this draft to come out with a solid defense and a really good goalkeeper who can stand on their head a little bit. Um, and then you add that to, I think, the mistake of, of Sky Blue leaving Cujo unprotected and then Malay. I think you have a really solid base right there uh, to be able to compete. And as it turned out, they obviously still got Malay and Cujo, but I just don't know if that defense is going to hold up well, uh, at least in the first season. Yeah, I, I, I have a hard time picturing what this team is 100% trying to be like, but I get the sense that like energy is going to be a big part of the team's like DNA um, mm. young and having a lot of players who like to be disruptive and um, then having that balance with someone like Nagasato who can be the playmaker a little bit. Um, it'll, I, I, but again, I don't know, like, is it going to be possession style or is it going to be like press and counter um, with some of that speed? It's hard for me to, to, to see it all come together at this point. And I agree with, this defense has super promising and super unproven. So, yeah, I I think you probably said it there. Press and counter. I think they're going to try and just uh, and, and try to let other teams have the ball and just try to try to attack them and not let them not, not let the ball leak back towards their defense. Uh, at least at least from from what we see on paper right now, that seems to be um, the thing to do. Which is which is also why I thought they would go with Crystal Thomas. I mean, I don't know if there's a better pressing player in the league. She is she she reads things really well and she's so quick uh, when you like if your pass isn't perfect, it's going to be at her feet because she's going to make sure she gets to it first. So um, that's another reason why I thought we were definitely going to lose her, but we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure that there's there's so much time for them to figure out who they want to be. Um, I was thinking like, well, what did Holly's Sky Blue teams play like? But you have to remember that like those sky blue teams, he was appointed mid season. Um, there's not a lot of time for him to be like, this is what we're going to do. And it's completely different from what we were doing. Um, so also it was long enough ago where I'm like, I don't, I don't know exactly what I remember from that period of time. I remember uh, Sam Kerr, and that's about it. Yes. Yeah. That, <laughs> I, I remember a lot of like, when in doubt, we're going to play it in behind and see what Kerr can do. And usually it panned out. Um, it's a good plan. Uh, if, if you've got Sam Kerr around, it's not a, the worst idea um she's good yeah uh andre you might know something about uh having sam kerr around and the benefits uh thereof these days um with with chelsea um but yeah i i think i i kind of wonder if they kind of have to be a possession team just because of the attacking players they have are not super fast outside of a couple players they've, they've got a couple players who have real speed in open space but I, I think there's a lot of a lot of players that would maybe benefit from trying to keep the ball more um but I also don't know you know 
did they trade for Nagasato and McCaskill and then get surprised by what was available? Um, was it a situation where they said, well, let's go one way. And then the list came out and they said, Oh, well maybe we'll go a different way. Um, so I don't know. We, we don't actually have a huge track record with Christy Holly either. So it's kind of, it, I guess it's still a mystery, um, but it's also a mystery as to why they picked uh, about, I don't know, half of their players almost, um, which is not what I, I expected the, this to be very straightforward. And that's maybe my own fault. Uh, this mm-hmm. is NWSL. These things are never uh, as we think they're going to be. There's always at least three confusing aspects that are going to come your way. And uh throw everyone off um but i guess i guess that's it i guess we've kind of talked this thing into the ground a little bit um so instead of doing my my norm and continuing uh, i think we'll we'll end the show now and not leave people with a six-hour podcast um Susie, i'll start with you tell everyone where they can find you on the internet um mostly you can find me on twitter at Susie s-u-s-i-e rants r-a-n-t-s um and from there, you can find some of my content for Ride of the Valkyries, the Rain blog. Andre, uh, same thing. I know you've got like six or 12 uh, Twitter handles at this point to, to reference. <laughs> Not just one, just one. <laughs> um, I, I, I had a, I, you know, I had an unfortunate uh, accident with the with the first one. Uh, so you can find me at not underscore Carlisle. Um, and yeah, I write, uh, as, as Jason mentioned, I've I covered the Chelsea, Chelsea, Chelsea's women's team, and, uh, also write for black and red United, uh, about the spirit who, again, we are so thankful <laughs> left intact for the most. Yeah. Part. Uh, yeah. I guess we all get to walk away feeling better than expected. Um, that after what was supposed to be a day of very bad news, maybe not as bad, uh, which is in 2020, that's pretty good. I'll take, take it. it. <laughs> right and that's the show uh thanking Susie and andre one more time please go follow them on twitter read their stuff uh listen to their podcasts uh they both do great work Susie and jacob cristobal uh on coffee with valkyries which is a podcast that this one would like to be when it grows up and uh andre is on both uh profile podcast uh which is awesome as well um that's covering nwsl uh, Fran Kirby FC, which is uh, focused on Chelsea women. Uh, I highly recommend both. They're both very good. I'm not just saying that because Andre is cool, but also they're just really good podcasts. Uh, this podcast, you can find the website, plexweather.pinecast.co. That's got all the episodes. You can listen to this. If you don't want to go to the website, you can listen to this via Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, probably other places that I don't even know about, but those are the ones that I do know about. And I wrote them down on a note so that I can remember for this portion of the show. So I don't forget when I'm trying to say these things. If you want to help support the show, we have a tip jar. We now I'm back. I'm back to doing the we again. This is now an, I have a tip jar for the, at least for the foreseeable future. The link for that is in the bio of the podcast, Twitter account, which is at Plexweather, all one word, or you can find it on the website that I already listed. So I'm not going to say it again. If you have the means and you feel like the show deserves it, it means the world to me. And if you're just listening, that's also extremely cool. That is also awesome. And with that, uh, hopefully uh, the show will be back sooner than later. Uh, We don't want to go completely dark during the long off season and the long months of the sun setting too early uh, for my liking, at least. So uh, hopefully back soon. Uh, I'm 
going to try to make sure to have some other uh, interesting. I've got a few ideas jotted down uh, that are spirit related, uh, I promise. But uh, if you've got ideas, if you've got things you want to hear, hit me up on Twitter. Let me know. Uh, I am definitely open because we have a long road in front of us before we get into the nitty gritty soccer stuff again. And on that note, and because the show is longer than I intended, I'm going to stop now. Thanks for listening.